0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the new episode of the Dreamers Podcast. Today with me I have Hales, um, a digital artist. If you kind of want to go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, um, my name is Haley, but I do go by Hales. At least most of you probably know me as Hales. (laughs) Um, I hate the term, but I consider myself a multiple disciplinary artist.
0: Nice. So then kind of talk about your journey. I mean, we kind of talked a little beforehand about how you're now in film school, um, but you also do, you know, a ton of Mm -hmm. digital art, Um, in a lot of different uh, styles and formats, and I'll kind of get into that later, but kind of talk about how you started your art journey um, in general. I I
1: started doing art, I feel like, professionally in middle school. Um, I went to an arts um, performing and visual middle school uh, back in Houston, Texas, is where I'm from originally. And I had a a lovely uh, art teacher there who, basically just helped me realize that art was a potential path, like career path. Um, and from middle school, I went to a performing arts high school where I trained under a bunch of just like amazing, like either award-winning professors. I consider them professors based on their credentials, even though they were just teachers then, um, but like award-winning professors. And I slowly started making like video essays and video journals, um that kind of brought me into this film world. I used to love writing um in middle school, actually, I wrote like a sixty page short story, and like in middle school, you're twelve <laughs> and I was writing something that was like sixty pages on my own, and I was like trying to get every one of my English teachers to read it, like please look over it. it's gonna be the next best thing, right. Oh man, I actually recently reread it and it's terrible, but, <laughs> but it's it, <laughs> yeah, that... for a middle schooler, it's 60 pages. It's kind of impressive, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I always had this like love and affinity for storytelling. So naturally, when I was in high school and making those like video essays and video collages, it just kind of formulated and man, I should go to film school. Um, so now I'm out in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, majoring in film and television and minoring in dramatic writing, which is like scripts and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the journey. I mean, if you want to go way, way back, when I was just a young kid, you know, my dad and my mom, my uncles, they all drew. Um, so mm-hmm. I feel like that's probably the beginning of it is I was in around art my entire life, basically. So. Mm-hmm. that's where you get the little bit of the digital media you get the painting you get the video and you know you can kind of mm-hmm. see all of that journey on my page you know
0: so yeah that is pretty impressive to write a 60 page little story <laughs> in middle school I was like we had to write like two pages for class I was not I was like oh this is the worst thing ever <laughs> but here you are writing you know 30 times that for fun yeah. um, so that's cool I don't even know they had art art schools like middle schools i just thought it was like a high school or you know obviously college thing so Mm -hmm. um that's really interesting um how has um houston or i guess like the whole texas area um kind of how has that played an influence on maybe not even just your art um or your films but just you as a person would you say it's
1: um it's an interesting city because most people especially if you're just familiar with texas in general wouldn't consider texas an art place you know um, mm-hmm. it's more so like Austin art. Austin is the art city, basically. And Houston is mm-hmm. just kind of like that mixing pot of everything else. Sure. We got mm-hmm. our rappers. Sure. We got our singers, you know, we'll shout out Beyonce. Um, <laughs> but for, especially for like visual mediums, it's never been that popular, um, especially not in the same way Atlanta has, but regardless, as you one of those things where you got to look a little deeper to find those artists out in Houston, especially those visual artists. Um, uh, Houston and Galveston, Galveston's about like a hour and 30 minutes away from Houston and mm-hmm. you have that like old traditional painter um, kind of inspiration going on. And in Houston, you might think of like Rothko, that's a name that we get a lot out there, which is like a classical or traditional um, experimental painter. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know that Houston had so much art until I was surrounded by it. Like, as a kid, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. But when I went to middle school and we went on these field trips to different museums and stuff like that, you realize kind of that art that's within the city. Um, And, I mean, I think Houston itself has just shaped me in the, like, go-getter sense. Like, being a go-getter. Um, Mm -hmm. you might hear the phrase Houston strong a lot. Um, we had that like devastating winter, like blizzard kind of go through recently where, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. people died because they didn't know what the hell to do in the cold because we're down Mm -hmm. South. Um, but you also had a lot of people that were like working together to like keep people warm, keep people fed, driving on these icy roads and stuff like that. And that's kind of the mentality that Houston brings. is just like help helping each other and like being a go getter, like working as hard as possible to make things happen. And I think you see that in a lot of the artists that come out of there too.
0: Say so nice. I like that you kind of said like you know when you were a kid you didn't really think of it as an art city or you know having a lot, but then you kind of realized oh there's actually a ton going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool that you're able to kind of uh, realize that and also um, talk about you know the strength. It doesn't just inspire you from an artistic, but just you know that drive that attitude to go and get it and to work hard mm-hmm. um because i mean i'm in kansas so i'm a little bit above texas mm-hmm. um so you know it's not we get the cold and the warm a little bit <laughs> um so we're kind of used to that but yeah i had an online teacher that he was based in texas uh, when that was going on and yeah for like two weeks he we just had to cancel class because he was like you know it was uh terrible with everything going on down there so it was cool that you're able to kind of you know use that as an inspiration to kind of um and drive to you know kind of reach your goals and how people working together can really do so much and make a big impact um how would you compare it to i mean, atlanta i mean you kind of talked about it in georgia what would be kind of the biggest difference you know for me going from texas to there
1: the big difference is black culture i mean I think when everyone thinks Atlanta they think black culture they think of every single rapper that's come out of here they think of uh, every single mm-hmm. actor or movie that's being shot here currently you know um we call Atlanta kind of black Hollywood basically because that's where mm-hmm. a lot of black productions are being gone, like shot and gone on um, we have Marvel movies shot here and mm-hmm. in comparison to Houston Texas not not a lot of that is going on <laughs> um yeah, yeah. You know, Texas is about its oil, and that's about it. <laughs> if, to, just to keep it friendly, it's about its oil, and uh-huh. that's about it. Yeah, um, yeah. But but Atlanta is some so much more richer in the sense that it it's got ten times more art than Houston. It's got mm-hmm. you know the cultural background of just like Martin Luther King and all those like like racial like leaders and stuff along those lines. It's like it's so rich. Like, it's it's hard to describe it mm-hmm. all in one sentence. It's just so rich with the amount of things that are going on. Like, literally, my school is right next to a church that has a film production going on, feels like every weekend. <laughs> so, we walk <laughs> past giant cranes and stuff going on all the time with big, mm-hmm. big cameras, a bunch of extras just, like, lining the street, and it's, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't see a lot of that in Houston. Um, mm-hmm. And even on the visual side, like, I'm technically located in like a, a mini city. It's not exactly downtown Atlanta, but it's a little bit outside of downtown Atlanta. And, mm-hmm. you know, you see murals, you see people like just, it feels like a mini New York in a way. You see you see those posts mm-hmm. about people in New York and they're wearing all these nice fashion things. Speaking of fashion, like the fashion industry here is insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's like so much going on and, like I said, in comparison to Houston, it's just not not the same in mm-hmm. the slightest.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I mean, I have not been to Atlanta yet. I definitely would love to go. Um, I would consider it, I mean, a lot of people think of like New York for art and fashion or, I mean, L.A. for film. But, I mean, like you said, you know, Atlanta's got all of that going on, you know, in in big ways. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, I think that's really cool that you're kind of able to go there and see how all this stuff is happening and you know there's films being made right next to your school and all this stuff you know things that i yeah i definitely don't see in kansas (laughs) and i'm sure you didn't see in texas um so i you know i get that kind of a shock uh, and it's cool that you're able to uh kind of figure out like you know this is a big epicenter of culture and how much is i mean just so much is going on Mm -hmm. um, whether it be films clothing just art in general and i mean Atlanta is definitely like on the top of like cities I'd want to visit um, in the U.S. list. Um, So I'm, I mean, you kind of mentioned it. um, I think it was off air, but that you're graduating here soon. Um, Do you, uh, I mean, as a college grad myself, I know after graduation plans are always kind of like, Oh, I don't know what's going on. Um, But would you like to stay in the Atlanta area? Uh, Yeah, for
1: sure. Um, One thing I probably, I don't know if I said yet, but, I've met so many talented people. I talk about it all the time on my story and I'm surrounded by so many talented people say, not to Mm say, not to say that Houston and my lovely high school buddies, um, back home aren't talented as here, but even when I was at school, they were so talented. Um, a lot of them have moved out of Houston. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I want to stay because I'm just, I'm surrounded by who I need to be surrounded by. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of my friends wants to start a magazine. I'm helping her support that, you know. Um, a few of them are trying to start their own small production companies and I'm helping them a part of, like, helping them with that. Um, and it's, I like the city a little bit more than the suburbs, I got to say. <laughs> uh, or mm-hmm. the country life. And, and I'm a country girl at heart, but I got to say, I love the city a little bit more. There's always something happening. Mm -hmm. There's always an event. There's always a festival, whether that be art or music Um, and getting Mm -hmm. to be around that. It's like, it's what inspires me. It helps me create more things. It gives me more things to talk about it. Um, And being a part of that expression is fun. So I think I'm definitely going to stay in Atlanta.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a pretty great place to stay. I mean, you know, I love Kansas too, but I mean, I've said it on a ton of different episodes, but once I graduate I'll probably you know move to a bigger city because yeah like you said um I want to go to where there's like art festivals festivals and museums and different things that I can go to all the time because I mean there's definitely art here and some really cool things um even like on a small scale but um I definitely would want to go to like a Chicago or maybe even Atlanta you know something where there's always something happening something you know uh fresh and like kind of inspire me with all that stuff um But then one thing I wanted to talk about is recently you did um, on your digital art page, uh, I believe it was 38 days Mm -hmm. straight of posting um, art of some kind um, every single day. So I wanted you to kind of talk about that and what inspired you to do that.
1: Yeah, um, honestly, I was sitting in my room back at home and I was just looking at all my social media friends and what they were posting and what they were doing. And I was talking to one of my um, buddies and colleagues, Sam, and I was just like, I kind of need to do more. Um, I had this just like intense drive and passion in me that was like, I've hit a plateau and I want to be better. Um, mm-hmm. And those 38 days was me pushing myself to create in uh, either different mediums or creative mediums that I knew about, but I wanted to just like push myself in some way, shape or form, um, work with other people and just kind of like tick those boxes off because I felt myself at a plateau. I felt myself being getting a little too comfortable in the good enough and I wanted to push myself a little mm-hmm. bit more. Um, So it was right before school was about to start up again. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go as long as possible, make something every day, Mm -hmm. um, you know, pull some mediums just out of nowhere and just keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, So it kind of started from like just seeing what my friends were creating on the Internet and then wanting to push myself more.
0: So awesome. I mean, you kind of mentioned it, but I mean, all, almost all the posts are completely different styles or uh, formats. I mean, it's not just the same style, kind of the same general thing. Um, it's all kinds of different styles and colors and uh, concepts. So <clears throat> what has led to you to have such a diverse um, style and, you know, being able to create art in such uh, a wide variety of formats and mediums?
1: I got to say, it's my background. It's that in middle school when, um, you know, shout out Ms. Arsham, because I just feel like I cannot say her name, shout out Ms. Arsham. Um, <laughs> in middle school, I was I was told, hey, this assignment, do a painting. This assignment, we're gonna learn printmaking. This assignment, we're gonna, I don't know, make a collage. This assignment, we're gonna learn how to use Photoshop. Like, I had all of those things and I learned all of those things to the best of my ability, you know? Um, so if I made a Photoshop assignment or I did photography or anything, I tried my best to um, master it in a mini way. Um, a lot of my friends like to call me the jack of all trades because they'll ask me, <laughs> do you think you can do that? And I'm like, yeah, I probably can. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Or I can probably figure it out. And, you know, in high school, I was learning printmaking. I was learning painting. I was learning um digital media in the sense of like making digital collages, um, photography, film at its most basic forms, um, sculpture, like just a bunch of stuff. And I never wanted to limit myself to one thing because why, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, if you can do all these different things, it I, I think it's more fun. It, it, lim- it doesn't limit you. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like, in a way, it's it's kind of anti-Instagram um, where you see kind of these artists that might get stuck in a pattern or a rut because the world knows them for that one thing. But I never really want to mm-hmm. get stuck in that like that rut at all because it, that would suck mm-hmm. for me, me personally. It's like uh, these guys post and they want to do something else. They, they will type about it. They'll say in their captions, you know, I'm kind of tired of doing these drawings, but this is what you mm-hmm. guys want i'm like that's not how you should live at all not in the slightest
0: mm-hmm. so so yeah that was uh something i actually talked about with um one of the recent guests on the episode and he said he was talking about you know there's certain art that you know will do well like if he just draws pictures of rappers mm-hmm. um in like a certain style that he's he likes then he knows that that'll do well and eventually he could you know get really big from that but he's like i kind of don't want to keep doing that like i that was my old style. I'm trying to do something new now. And so, you know, there's kind of that, you know, like you said, the anti-Instagram kind of, you know, it's you versus the algorithm. So I like how you kind of pointed out that you should pick you always. Yes. I mean, that's definitely something that's really important. Um, but I also just kind of wanted to ask, I mean, you said, you know, being the drag of all trades and having all those, I'm sure helped lead to, you know, not feeling burnt out. Cause you were able to do so many different things. Um, but whether it be during that 38 days or just in general, how do you kind of overcome any like art blocks, creative blocks?
1: I journal a lot, Um, not only for art, but just for my mental health in general. And I think something that happens when you get those art blocks, I call them kind of plateaus um, is you, you feel like you're not expanding or you're not, you're stuck because you can't expand or you think you can't expand. Um, but you kind of have to push yourself to expand. With with my background of just been doing art for so long, I'm kind of just aware of the idea of sometimes you're going to make something and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and the way you get through those artist blocks is by continuing to make things, even if they do suck. Um, so I write and I remind myself of all the things that I've like achieved in my past or the people who have seen, who have seen my art. Um, but I also just keep making things. I, I have a journal in my hand all the time. So my friends will see me doodling in the middle of class it's, and that they're not always good. Um, mm-hmm. but it's something, you know, and it's something that kind of reminds yourself that you can do art. You are good at it. Just keep doing it. Keep doing it. The second thing is, or third thing rather, is like being inspired. You have to look at other art to make that like your own art better. Um, mm-hmm. Whether that's watching movies, whether that's reading books, whether that's, you know, looking at what your friends are doing on Instagram, whether that's looking through Pinterest, whatever it is, like you have to look at other art. You got to go to the museums. You got to, you know, learn about the people who came before you who were doing these things. Um before you in order to make your stuff good and to also just improve and see what else is out there. Um, I probably do a scroll on Instagram for at least 10 minutes a day. And I have like my little favorites tacked because that's a fun new Instagram feature. Mm. And when I click on that, it's all of my friends and all the things that they're creating or all the creators that inspire me. And I scroll through that. And I'm like, dang, I didn't know that was possible. Or that shirt's really cool. Hmm, Maybe I could mm. do a drawing like that or all right, pixel art is back. Like, let's do some pixel art. So I'm just, mm-hmm. like, scrolling and scrolling, and you, when you see all these things, it's helpful because it's inspiring, and you're like, okay, now I know what I want to make next. Now I know what I want to make next.
0: What you said kind of remind me of a recent tweet I saw where it was a screenshot of a tweet, um, and it was from, I don't know, I think some, like, Dungeons & Dragons podcast or whatever, I don't know, something, um, and they just tweeted, and they're like, your first podcast is going to suck your first video is going to suck. And then there was a list like your first story, you know, and so on and so forth. Like, you know, it's not going to, you're not just going to come out the gate, you know, hitting home runs. It's going to take that um, drive and passion and that hard work and kind of, you know, developing uh, whether it be even, you know, one specific style or just kind of your whole, you know, your jack of trades, you Mm -hmm. know, being able to have all these available and, you know, figuring out how to best use them when um, is important. Um, and then also, I mean, kind of, I mean, you said, uh, being inspired by other artists is a huge thing. Um, and that's one thing that definitely, I mean, obviously all the artists and, you know, musicians and people I follow, um, you know, push me to do it every day. And then, I mean, even just going on my, uh, the Explore page on Instagram, Mm -hmm. like I could just go on the Explore page and it's just like all these crazy artists, you know, doing, uh, the most insane illustrations, 3d renders. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, wow, like I could just sit there and like follow and like people all day. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's a ton of stuff. And I think that's one of the best things about Instagram or social media is that you can really see what people are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can obviously be used as something where, you know, if you don't have that positive thinking, you're like, Oh, I can't do this. I can never do this. So that mindset is definitely something I think is important um, as well. But, I think once you get past that, you can definitely use it as something like, oh, they can do this. Well, I can do this too. Mm -hmm. So let me try it. And, you know, like we said, it's not going to be great at the beginning. It might not be great the second time or the third time, but that fifth time might be insane. The tenth time might be even better than that original piece. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, consistency and positive thinking is a big thing. Um, and then I also wanted to talk about you know related to that is um you got some of your art was based on different musicians and other artists and stuff um so and they kind of noticed you or liked it or commented, so I was curious like with Tobe and some of the other artists, you know how did that feel to kind of get that uh recognition from them seeing your pieces yeah,
1: um that was so much fun, um especially because tobe i love i love tobe I mm-hmm. say that from my chest although i 'm not yelling it um he especially with him because he's very for the culture and for the community he's from houston so kind of having that connection once i got that first comment and repost and dm i told my mom and she like went insane (laughs) 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 because we like love this man love his music and he recently did a Mm -hmm. netflix show and it's just like amazing he was like shooting at a ship he's down the street from my house right um back Mm -hmm. in houston so getting that recognition is like insane but it's also a reminder to keep going um keep 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 working um a lot of them who did recognize or support or repost or comment were like this is sick like keep making more stuff basically um Mm -hmm. and a lot of them have extended kind of a branch that says hey you know when you're done doing this or when you're done with school you know let me know what you're up to so we can maybe link up and like chat and stuff like Mm -hmm. that which is Insane to think about. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes we forget that, you know, these artists and these musicians, they're people too. And Mm -hmm. when you get to talk to them on that kind of level, it's like, damn, like you see me, I see you kind of situation.
0: Mm So, yeah, I think that's one thing that I've learned recently is that how, I guess, small the world is in a sense, like how, you know, I mean, I'm still a small page, but I've had, you know, some posts liked by bigger artists or, um, people that are doing insane things that I was like, you know, a year ago when I didn't have the page, I was like, you know, maybe they'd see my DM and say, you know, thanks for liking my stuff. But now it's like, oh, I know this guy who knows this person and like, you know, I'm, I guess like, you know, one or two degrees of separation away from so many huge artists and it's crazy to think about, um, Like how, you know, just small uh, scale, like posting, you know, even not being like a big page, Mm -hmm. how, you know, just tagging them and getting some of your friends to like and tag them can get them um, to see your stuff. And like you said, you know, extend that olive branch that could lead to, you know, something in the future that could lead to something else. And it's just a big snowball effect. Um, And so that's something that I think is really big that people people just kind of, especially when they're trying to grow an online following, I think worry too much about. Oh, I got to get so many followers and so many likes, but I mean, there's people that, you know, have a few hundred followers on Instagram, but you know, in real life Mm -hmm. they have, you know, they're doing crazy deals and all this stuff with, you know, large names. So I think it's important to kind of realize the, the pros and cons and kind of the differences um, between the big following versus, you know, actually being able to do um, crazy stuff. So it's cool that, you know,
1: I would love to piggyback on that. Um, Mm-hmm. I, I kind of said his name earlier, but, uh, the internet probably knows him better as Reno, um, mm-hmm. is a guy I've been working with, um, Sam and I, I have to piggyback off of that because I think another part of that, like internet-ness and Instagram-ness is you have to be real. And he is one of the most real people that I see on the internet and he is my buddy mm-hmm. and I love him to death. Um, And you've got to just keep doing that. Like, (laughs) in order to Mm -hmm. grow, in order to do literally anything in life, you kind of have to be yourself as much as Instagram or the internet wants to tell you not to be. Um, But, yeah, you got to be yourself.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yeah, shout shout out Reno. I've also been a big fan and following him for a long time. Um, And, yeah, I totally agree. He's one of the most real people. Uh, I mean, I'm not as active as I would like to be in like the, his discord, but you know, he's there and he's always showing love to people and giving advice. And um, I have talked to him in the past about being on the show. And so hopefully I'm going to try to set up something soon because he's someone that I would love to, you know, pick his brain and really see. Cause I think he's you know, one of the most interesting artists and people I follow. And he's still so young and has already done so much. I know the next 10 years, he's going to be huge. He's going to be huge. So shout out Reno. Um, And then I also uh, wanted to mention in one of your posts, I believe you, or I guess there was two or three related to kind of products. Mm -hmm. Um, You did like the... Uh, the denim lope like the hat with ears um you did like the cloud shoes um so I'm curious as to in the future if that's something that you would like to get into whether it be clothing or something else entirely but any type of like physical products
1: yeah um I've always had a little bit of my hand in the fashion world and um honestly working with Sam is how I've had more of a hand in it um Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of just like Uh, Digital designs that people can put on T-shirts and something along those lines. But with making my own stuff, it's always been um, trying to think a little more, a little more innovative, like doing something a little different. Um, With the hat, for example, I was like, I kind of want my own ear hat. Like that was that's just kind of a thing right now, having Mm -hmm. the cat ears Mm and the bunny ears or something along those lines. Um, And I was like, well, I want to make one for myself. And so I have what I call the denim lop, and you know, the fun part of the, that, about that project was uh, coming up with the idea, actually physically sewing it myself, um, and then getting my sister, my younger sister, to shoot the pictures for the poster design that I made for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing with the shoes. Like, um, I always considered my, like, fashion-esque brand called Cloudy. Um, that's with three eyes for why, I don't know, but three eyes, um, <laughs> And the shoes are the same deal. I made um, some like Air Force Ones kind of a, a while ago, if you, it's like one of the first things on my art page. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I wanna do another rendition of a shoe. And we got these like, uh, I can't remember who did it. I don't know if it's Adidas. They're like kind of ones that look like a golf ball. Is
0: it Adidas that, that did that? Yeah, I, I want to say it's Adidas. <laughs> okay, well, I think uh, so. we'll
1: correct ourselves later <laughs> if it isn't mm. Adidas. Um, but we've seen that kind of like new 3D shoe form shape. And I was like, I kind of want to do something like that, mm-hmm. but a little more me. Um, and so I did that like fluffy cotton ball cloud um, shoe. And literally, it's me going to Goodwill, finding an old pair of shoes, putting cotton balls on them. <laughs> making it look mm-hmm. as cloud-like as possible, and then taking those pictures, again, with my little sister, um, throwing them in the air so I could get the right picture at the right time. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the products is something I'm definitely interested in getting a little more into. Um, like like I said at the top of this, I consider myself multidisciplinary. But I think my core things and my core interests are fashion, storytelling, and music. Um, which is like music, whoa, where did that come from, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, those are my core things and I'm interested in kind of like branching into those things as well.
0: Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we've talked about a little bit of the storytelling at the uh, the start of the interview. We just talked about the fashion. We kind of talked about, you know, inspiration Mm -hmm. from some of those musicians and stuff. Um, But now, I mean, you mentioned being in film school. We got to (laughs) talk about uh, the movie, uh, Off the Field. You want to kind of give a brief overview about that and how that came to be?
1: Yeah, so um, as I'm in my senior year of college, uh, you get to make a capstone. And to kind of like sum that up for people who wouldn't know what that is, it's like, I feel like for normal schools, you might have like the big presentation or the big paper. But for me, I get mm-hmm. to make a film. Um, and this is like the final film that I get to make. And something that I realized while being at film school is like, while I love writing scripts and telling narratives and kind of creating these characters and worlds that get to exist, I really, really love telling other people's stories. Um, last spring, I took a documentary class with a several-time um, Emmy-winning, several-time Emmy-nominated professor, and Whoa. she... She like kind of changed my world around because here I was ready to go mm-hmm. into the film industry, be a PA, you know, lift some sandbags and put some things on trucks and stuff like that and work my way up mm-hmm. to being a director. And then she you know, looked at me in the eyes and said, actually, I think you're supposed to be a documentary person. <laughs> and I said, oh, wait, mm-hmm. hold on. Are you sure? Um, and after taking that course in that class, I was like, yeah, she's right. I'm I'm meant to help tell other people's stories. Um. So Off the Field came because of that class. Um, It's a football documentary. And while this is an art podcast, Mm -hmm. I won't get a little too into into the weeds about Mm -hmm. that. But um, it's not just supposed to be a football documentary. It's supposed to be a little bit of a coming of age. It's about telling this guy's story and the family kind of behind the ball, what they're doing off the field, literally. Mm -hmm. Um, And highlighting... This kind of like new culture that's coming with uh, college and high school football where, you know, these young kids can get million dollar deals now and not get penalized for it, which is insane Mm -hmm. because you have people that are in the 16 to 18 year old range getting million dollar deals, signing contracts Mm -hmm. um, that might hold on to them for a little while longer than they think, or might be persuading them in the wrong way, or might be tricking them a little bit. And that's an intense pressure for anyone. Like if you're coming out of high school, you got that kind of money or about to, could get that kind of money. You're trying to help your family and you're still worrying about your grades and probably what you're wearing to prom. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. that's intense. Um So I want to talk to those guys, um, highlight their stories and what they're going through behind the ball, like off the field.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that was going to be my next question is why a documentary? Cause I feel like a lot of people don't, think of that, or at least not as their first choice when they're, you know, maybe a film student Mm -hmm. or, you know, just want to make something for fun. They're like, oh, I want to, you know, make a completely original story, you know, and it can be about a lot of different stuff. But I feel like a lot of people don't think, oh, I want to make documentaries. Mm -hmm. But with our conversation and you kind of talking about, you know, storytelling Um, I, I mean, I think it'd be a great, you know, perfect fit for you being able to tell other people's stories and really being able to dive into it. Mm -hmm. Um, and like you said, it is a football movie, but it's not just about football, the sport. It's about the athlete and about their, their story and their family and kind of how it, uh, influences them. Cause yeah, it's awesome being able to, you know, pay those student athletes that work uh, so hard and it, you know, can be a great thing, but, you know, like you said, it might be, you know millions of dollars is nice but in the long term is it worth it Mm. you know how long how long is that contract so I think you know that'd be really interesting um because I mean like I talked a little bit beforehand I'm not you know the biggest sports guy um but I mean that like that still appeals to me because you know I I would want to know like you know the the story of the athlete and how that can affect them so I think while it is technically a sports documentary Mm -hmm. I think it can appeal to I mean a wide variety of listeners even if they you know don't know a touchdown from a field goal (laughs) yeah yeah
1: and I mean with athletes I mean us artists we're out here being athletes too like every drawing Mm -hmm. every sketch you put in that's another rep that's like flexing mm-hmm. that creative muscle to help you get better, to make those like little cliche ties. But it's true. Like every drawing you do, every other picture you take, every you know podcast that you do, like you get better and better. And it's the same thing with mm-hmm. them working on the field, off the field, all of those good things.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great analogy. I mean, hard work is hard work. Mm -hmm. um, And whether it be flexing your physical muscles, your mental muscles, you know, uh, it all takes, you know, hard work and dedication. Um, But I also wanted to, you know, say you got interested in documentaries, but what other, you know, what films, whether it be documentaries or just, you know, other uh, nonfiction or fiction films um, kind of, you know, inspired you or some of your favorites? Amen. um that you look up to yeah,
1: that's that's one of the hardest questions you can ever ask a film person <laughs> <laughs> um hmm. i think towards the beginning it would probably be the help directed by taylor tate um or is it tate taylor one of those directions this is how his one name <laughs> how two. his name goes um uh-huh. It's got um, Octavia Spencer in it and, like, a bunch of award-winning mm-hmm. casts. And it was one of my favorite stories when I was younger because it kind of highlighted an interesting and kind of almost funny but Black experience that was going on in that, like, time era. Um, I just remember watching it and thinking, like, wow. I don't Like, I don't know. Just, like, wow. Um, mm mm-hmm. Let's see what else. I, got. I recently um, watched The Good Nurse on Netflix, um, and that one's about a nurse that goes killing, um, killing patients basically because he can. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom actually suggested it to me. It was like, I think this is a movie you like because it's based off of a true story. And me being my documentary documentarian self was like. Yeah, I probably would. Mm. Um, so I watched it and I was like, this is insane. Um, i trying to think of some other movies that inspired me. Hmm. Hold on. You know what? I got a list somewhere on my phone <laughs> of movies that I've seen before. Um, of course, when you ask a filmmaker this question, they either can only think of one movie or none at all yeah uh let's see so i know there are great examples out there but i just i can't think of not a single one mm-hmm. um here we go oh man two great ones okay um goodwill hunting i don't know if you're familiar with that one but also dead poet Mm -hmm. society Uh, both having i'm pretty sure both have robin williams in them um and i love a good movie that'll make you cry like especially when i was working on narratives i was always writing something that kind of pulled your heartstrings Mm -hmm. um and i think that just comes from a background of like wanting to like uh, i don't know just feel deep emotions and express those deep emotions that kind of make people cry because sometimes you need to cry <laughs> sometimes you need to get those get that anger out but through a very healthy way which is movie we'll be mm-hmm. watching um but like goodwill hunting and dead poet society like the actors in it the the story behind it, especially like that poet society, just to tie back onto artists, it's like you want to express yourself, but you find yourself in a community or a family that's not fully supporting you. Um, that's kind of what that story is at, at, at its heart about. And I love that because it kind of speaks to me in the aspects of, I I have a lovely family that supports everything that I'm doing because I go to art school and that's how, you know, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. And I just know there are people that don't have that. Um, Which, like, sucks for me to, like, know that people who don't have that kind of support exist. Um Like, I went to an arts middle school, high school, and now I'm in college for it. And I know there are people that don't have that opportunity, but should. Um And... You know, I said that I want to do fashion, music, and storytelling, but my fourth thing um, is giving back, truly. Um, Mm -hmm. When I get out of this and I make it big and I have all the money in the world, um, I basically want to start, like, a nonprofit organization that helps, like, underprivileged youth or just kids in general, young people, young adults in general, um, succeed in art, like, have a path to career... uh, have a path to succeed in art um, and give back to them, give scholarships, give materials and tools, whatever they would need to um, work their way up to that path of being in an artistic career. Because I just think art is so important. I've been surrounded by it all my life, Mm -hmm. so of course I'm a little biased, but I think I see it all around us. You know, Um, when the country feels divided, you see poet, you see musicians making songs, even if they're rappers. Um, that make songs that pull us back together, whether if you go to a concert, you know, you might have different opinions about something, but you're both singing that artist song and you're both having a good time. Mm-hmm. If you're at a football game, hell, like you might be the other team and I'm the other team, but like we're still having a good time watching this sport and we might shake hands at the end of it because man, that was a good catch that your team made or, you know, man, that mm-hmm. was a good tackle that your team made or something along those lines. Um, but yeah, giving back is just important to me because of art and the community that inspires others to create it. And that it's important to society. <laughs> I That, that mm-hmm. question went in six different directions. <laughs> but <laughs> I hope that made sense. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, mean, I think that was well said, bringing up the connection aspect of art, whether it be we're on different teams of some kind or, you know, different ideal sets or if we speak different languages or from different cultures. You know, I can appreciate art from all over the world, whether it be you know, traditional art, music, fashion, um, and there's so much that you can learn about those cultures or learn about that, you know, um, part of the world from their art. So I think it, like you said, is a great thing to kind of connect people and bring people together because you might not see the same thing out of it, but you can still appreciate it. And I think that's a really important thing. Um, And then you also talked about, you know, giving back, which is definitely something, you know, in the future, once I, you know, make some, you know, make the podcast big, we're huge. um, And I, you know, I'd love to do something similar like that, give back, um, one of the recent interviews I did—one that's actually coming out the week that we're recording this—um, this guy, Henri, he—he uh, he does a lot of different stuff. But one of the things he recently is in the process of doing is starting a nonprofit, and he kind of talked about that and why it's important. Um, and he's. Uh, giving it back to people in his home country because they don't have, you know, the same opportunity as him. And so I think that charitable aspect, you know, while you said it is one of the like four or five, six things that you're interested in. um, I mean, that's definitely something I agree with is something that I'd want to get into in the future. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, you talked about, you know, movies that pull on the heartstrings. Um, One of the movies that I watched recently, and I don't know if you've seen it, Uh, is everything everywhere all at once great movie i watched i watched that at the back when it came out in theaters um and that movie is insane it's in like three parts and that last part i was i was tearing (laughs) up i'm not gonna lie it was and the thing is it's so it's such a goofy movie and so weird but if you haven't seen it yet trust me you're gonna see the scene where there's Two rocks with googly eyes, and you're going to be bawling. <laughs> and I think that is such an important uh, thing that you know shows good storytelling is that it doesn't have to be super serious and uh, you know super uh, sad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it can still be fun and really, really goofy like that movie is. But it still made me feel so mm-hmm. much like. I don't know. I mean, I haven't watched it since it came out in theaters, but I mean, I bought the 4K Blu-ray. I don't even have a 4K <laughs> player just because that movie was so good yeah. and it made me, you know, feel something. I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it because it was such a good movie. So I think that's something, you know, the heartstrings yeah. and, you know, really showing that emotion, whether that's sadness, anger, happiness um, is something that I think, you know, if you invoke it from the audience, that's a really good sign of a of a great quality mm-hmm. film. So I can't wait to see, you know, kind of how you play on that um, with off the field. Yeah. Um, um,
1: I, I just want to piggyback on that. The everything, everywhere, all at once. Well, two things. Um, I saw it twice in theaters. And the second time I saw nice. it with my mother, which was, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that was a good choice or not, because we're, <laughs> we're great, but it, it's a movie where that relationship is not great. It's <laughs> so yes. we're both just like sitting yes. next to each other, just like, <laughs> um, and uh-huh. so that was hilarious. But I, I love that you brought that movie up because it's such a great example of so many different aspects of film coming together to make something great. Um, what I love about the film industry and just being a film major is you have so many different teams that you would never think about doing this one thing to make this like perfect product. And that's a great example. Like they, they have an art team that art team had to go buy a whole bunch of googly eyes so they could put them everywhere. Um, You know, you have a wardrobe team or someone who's working with fashion, who's dressing these people. You have the actors themselves. You have the department that is figuring out what locations to shoot at, you know, wherever they put those rocks, whether that was CGI or not, I'm not positive, but um, wherever they placed those rocks at or where they shot in the laundry mat, like someone had to go find that location beforehand. you got the directors that are actually working with the talent you have the lighting team and i gotta say the lighting team on that movie is phenomenal um mm-hmm. i think the most Good iconic movie. moments is when um she's like traveling through time and you kind of see the lights swirling around her face you know like someone had to build a rig that has two lights or three that swirls literally around their face while they're shooting through a camera mm-hmm. um and it's it's a creative the, like scene you have a when you're on set, you have people who wore chefs who are feeding you every day. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You you have the makeup team. You have um, just every other every other person who's helping on like so many teams, so many departments. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a team sport. It's what football is. <laughs> Back to my other tie, um, because you have all of these people working to make this one thing, um, and it comes out and it's beautiful, and you might not recognize that. the lighting team did this or the sound department did this or the editing team did this but it comes together to this one beautiful thing and it's so much fun it's amazing like it's glorious
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's important that you know it's not just the director or you know that you know just a handful of people it's everybody you know people don't think about the talent scouts getting the actors and getting the locations and then like you said building a rig that's custom made to you know fit around the camera and do the lights like that um, there's so much that goes into it i mean the if you have seen the movie the robotics of rakakuni uh, <laughs> and everything um you know there's so much that goes into it rather than just you know a person with the camera mm-hmm. and so i think uh as you know an important thing to kind of talk about is that there's so much that goes into it um and then i also wanted to you know just ask what is i guess the where are you in progress wise with the film?
1: Yeah. Um, so we would call this the pre-production phase for off the field right mm-hmm. now. And basically, basically, basically we're still um, locking our talent, um, locking, meaning that we're just trying to secure that they are going to be the ones with us throughout the entire process. Um, along with planning, scheduling, budgeting, um, so I think people forget a lot of the times that films cost mm-hmm. money to make. Um, even if it's little small stuff like this, like we're hoping for our film to be maybe fifteen minutes at most. Um mm-hmm. but the budget for a fifteen minute film could be somewhere around twelve thousand dollars. And yeah, mm-hmm. right, exactly. <laughs> and I personally don't have twelve thousand dollars. Yes. Um yes. but what we do is we crowdfund or, you know, we talk to people who are really passionate within those communities that we're making these films for. And we say, Hey, you know, we're making this really awesome thing, you know, and with your help, basically you can kind of like buy my crew lunch or help us get a truck for Mm -hmm. the day or, you know, help us get that lighting equipment or that camera lens that we need or that um, that like rig that we need so we can get that extra nice crispy slow motion of a ball being caught in the hands or something along those lines and you know people look at that and they say well yeah of course they want like they want to support um, and give in any way possible but right now we're in that pre production phase um, where we're basically just like planning making sure our schedule is on point so that way when we are in production and we're actually shooting it flows very well.
0: Nice. So then, I mean, I know you're still kind of like you said early in that process. But what would you? What would be the biggest piece of advice that you would give to an aspiring, maybe high school student that wants to start making, um, you know, little short films with their friends? You know, what would be like the number one piece of advice that you would tell them? Do it. Um,
1: not to not to steal from Nike, but just do it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we have we have the power of 4K on a device like this. Um, mm-hmm. you don't need as much as I've just talked about it. You don't need a fancy equipment. You don't need, you know, I have a DSLR that I shot an entire documentary on, which is just like a normal camera. Um, mm-hmm. you don't need a giant team. You just need someone who can press record. And honestly, you don't need actors. You can go get in front of the camera. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, one of I, one of my, The advice that I'm gonna try to give is the advice that one of my filmmakers this quarter, um, my film professors this quarter has given our class and it's just go shoot it. Like whatever your idea is, like write the script down, get a camera, whether that be your phone or your DSLR, um, you know, practice and rehearse a few times, maybe get three or four buddies and actually shoot it. you might be familiar with just like some of these film festivals and the biggest one I think I can think of is Sundance. Um, Mm -hmm. People who have won Sundance, it's not about the equipment. It's not about who has the best audio. Well, audio is pretty important, but that's besides the point. Um, (laughs) It's not about the equipment. It's about the story. It's about the characters that you're creating. It's about like, if you can make someone laugh, cry, or feel something in, in those regards and, So just go shoot it because you never know. Your story might be the next thing that's in Sundance (laughs) because you have a great Mm -hmm. story and you didn't worry about getting all the equipment and gear to do it. Um, it's the same thing with like YouTube. And I want to say honestly, with like visual mediums like podcasts and stuff like this, it's just like, just go shoot it. Someone out there is going to tell you it's bad. Don't listen to them. Just keep shooting.
0: Like you said, it's kind of cliche, you know, the Nike just do it, but it is the most important. Um, I mean, I personally started and I've talked about it a little bit before, but I had a friend that he wanted to make a podcast and he uh, saw some like graphics, basic, basic graphic stuff I did for like a class project. And he's like, Hey, you know, uh, I'd like for you to edit this. And I didn't know anything about editing video. I could use Photoshop a little bit. And he's like, uh, you know, hey, like, that's okay if you want to learn. And that's kind of how I started doing like his podcast. And then after doing that for a while, um, I I mean, I have like a nice computer just because I like to play games and stuff. But you know, I, when I decided I wanted to do it, I was looking up like cameras. And I was like, well, cameras are kind of expensive for me to, you know, to start something like, you know, I don't know how I'm going to stick with it. I don't want to spend, you know, hundreds and hundreds on a camera. So I was looking at webcams like, okay, so there's some that, you know, I could spend like a hundred, two hundred for like a decent one. But then I was like, why don't I just use my phone? So, I mean, that's what I'm recording with right now. It's just on like a little bendable leg tripod that was, I don't know, 10, 20 bucks. Yeah. And then I have my phone right there. Cause like you said, I mean, it can re- record, you know, 4K, 60 frames at HD. Um, so I mean, a lot of people, you know, kind of overlook that you have that, you know, pretty good quality camera and technology in your hands. Um, and then, I mean, I just have, and I'm actually recording like a behind the scenes video that I'll hopefully drop soon, but to kind of show that my setup is I have my two monitors, but I, since the couch is like way back here, I moved one of my monitors up close and it's sitting on top of two books so I can see you. So you're not all behind the cameras and lights. I have like two like bendable ring lights that go around so I can still see, so it's kind of, you know, a jerry-rigged system and that's why like, took me a minute beforehand to get everything set up. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, all I would need is my phone and a decent camera. Um, and while I haven't done a lot of filmmaking myself, um, I have a friend that, I mean, I've known since childhood. He, in high school, got really into, like, making films and he's into a lot of, like, older movies and monster films mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and he would always drag me into filming stuff for him and sometimes I'd, you know... Not be super excited, or you know, we'd go film stuff in public and you know, uh, look like goofballs. But I mean, he just had like a little cheap little camera from his school and like a his you know, cheap laptop, and he made you know, a ton of really cool I mean, literally no budget for those Damn. films, or it would just be like me him uh, either he would be in the shot and I'd be recording or vice versa maybe if we were lucky we could talk like one or two people into helping us film a shot so it was kind of cool to be able to be a part of uh that you know really low budget filmmaking and all the stuff he was able to do um and I mean even with those low budget you know pretty basic edited films he was able to uh he got offered like a half ride scholarship to like some uh, university at, uh, in Kansas city, he ended up not going, but it, I mean, it was still insane that his little cheap, you know, really basic, basic video camera, um, videos were able to, you know, allow him to get that opportunity and to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very important that, um, we kind of put that message out there, do it. Like, I mean, I know it's cliche, but you know, if I didn't, just make the first episode like i didn't know anybody in the art world like i followed a bunch of people and so i was like you know just started messaging people like hey would you like to come on hey i love your stuff and a lot of people didn't even see the messages you know didn't reply but then i got you know some people that did and now it's built up to the point where you know i have to like turn people away because i just don't have the time to make all the interviews for people um so yeah i think that's an important thing and i mean i talked about it earlier but like that snowball effect is very important so just that hard work and just you know keep at it
1: another thing is is you got to think about you know a hundred years ago yeah a hundred years ago it was really hard to make a film (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. you had actual film stock you know physical pieces of paper basically that you had to Mm -hmm. put into a machine that was really big and really heavy and walk around with that thing and physically mm-hmm. crank it in order to make these films um and now you don't have to do that anymore it's in the you have the entire filmmaking industry in the palm of your hand now um mm-hmm. and I, I think that's insane crazy so the there's no reason for you to not do it you know um, same thing with just digital medium like you might not have an adobe subscription but there are free programs out there that you can download mm-hmm. Um, and you can start posting on that. And it costs nothing to post anything on so- social media. Um, and I love that you talked about your rig because I'm doing a very similar situation where I have two uh-huh. books stacked up. So your eye level with me, my like a uh-huh. lamp is over here. It has a piece of tissue using it to make the light a little bit softer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, but yeah, nice. we've got, an, uh, you know, this is my mic, obviously, but like, it's a, it's mm-hmm. an interesting little rig over here too, but. Yeah. Like there's, there's nothing in this day and age that can stop you from doing what you want to do. Like, but maybe money, maybe, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. money, but if you don't have the money, there's probably 10 other ways you're just not thinking about it.
0: Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, that's something I mean, yeah, the film editing, like you said, like I, before computers and that kind of editing, I don't, I don't even know how some of those old like effects and stuff were made with the actual physical film editing um, I mean, some of that stuff seems hard to do now. And back then with, you know, what they had, they, you know, had to be super creative. Um, and then I think I even talked about it on a recent episode too, but yeah, like if I wanted to make a podcast, you know, 10 years ago, uh, (laughs) you know, from, from Kansas and being able to interview people remotely, I mean, maybe I could call people up on Skype and record (laughs) the audio, but other than that, I mean, I wouldn't be able to, you know, do it with Riverside and some of the programs I use now and, you know, having Adobe and be able to edit, you know, so uh, simply. So while there is, you know, that hurdle, especially, you know, can be money, there is a lot of ways and, you know, free alternatives to a lot of those programs and stuff um, that I use. Um, so I think it's really important that, you know, being creative with not just the arts or what you're doing itself, but also mm. how you do it and how you go about it is uh, something that's really important. For sure. Um, So then I guess kind of start getting to wrapping it up. Um, I mean, you have the off the field uh, coming sometime next year. And then uh, also I'm sure busy with, you know, just school in general. Um, As a college student, I know how that can be. Um, But I guess other than that, what is something that, you know, next year other than the film or, you know, something that you are interested in kind of pursuing more or kind of a goal that you have for yourself? What is
1: uh, another goal besides my film? Cause right now it's just graduated at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I felt that last year. I felt that.
1: Um, well, I know in the art world, my friend is working on a magazine release and that's all I can say about that because we've got some lovely little NDAs, but That's something that I'll be working on um, with her. Um, Basically, eventually hosting a live event in partnership with the release of the magazine. So that'll be happening sometime uh, next year. Um, But goal-wise, I think, especially personally, goal-wise, I think it's just to keep working with people, like expanding my network, in the same way that I do at school, either over social media, getting to talk to more people like you, um, because you can't really do anything by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I've learned in the creative world: is you know you have to have other people around you, and if you don't, like you're you're bound to screw up at some point. <laughs> like it's just the inevitable truth, and yeah, I just keep making connections. I love talking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I love helping people. You know, a lot of the like younger people who follow me on social media always hit me up, and I'm like open doors. Like, let's talk about your art. Um, one of them the other day sent me some photographs that he did, and I gave him a little mini critique, and that's just that's fun for me. Um, that whole like giving back aspect, and I know I don't have that nonprofit right now, but I can offer my services of the 10 years, like 10 plus years at this point of knowledge Mm -hmm. that I've been gaining since middle school, um, and give it back to people who are still, you know, starting out or learning something along those lines. So networking would probably be my biggest goal.
0: I mean, yeah, definitely, you know, trying to grow the podcast, you know, networking is a huge thing. Um, and I mean, that was kind of the goal originally with the podcast is like, I followed all these, you know, cool designers and creatives, and musicians, and I was like, well, I'm not really a great traditional artist. Um, I'm, you know, haven't really made music, and so I was like, you know, how can I, you know, what can I provide? You know, what can I, you know, how can I be a part of it? And I started, you know, working on that podcast. And even though it was just the editing side, I was like, you know, I have a mic, I have my phone, like I can record this. And you know, like I said, all I did was just message people. And, you know, now some of those relationships have, you know, built into, you know, other episodes. Like, you know, I've had, you know, some people in the past be like, oh, hey, like my friend does this and this. Would you like to interview him? Or like, you know, they'll send people my way. So, you know, networking and like you said, you know, especially in the creative world, you really can't do anything by yourself. And so it's important to, you know, make those friends and those connections and those collabs. And so, I mean, that's definitely something, you know, I hope to. You know, expand on in the future as well. Um, And I know it's kind of a similar question, but it's one of my favorites I love to ask is, so we talked about where you are next year, hopefully, and kind of your goals for that. Um, And then we did talk about it a little bit beforehand, but uh, what are your goals for the next, like, where do you see yourself in five years from now, 10 years from now, like in a perfect world, what would you be doing? Yeah. um, Five years from now, I am either a
1: part of a production company, big or small making documentaries still, um, but still having my hand in that fashion world Mm -hmm. and that, um, in that digital media world, because I don't ever plan to stop drawing, um, you know, 10 years from now, same thing, but just like in higher positions, like being the lead producer, um, on these documentaries, um, you know having my own netflix special kind of situation Mm -hmm. um you know i think about man what was that popular one about the guy that was cheating i can't think of it off the top of my head but there was one netflix film that everyone was like losing their mind about and i'm like (laughs) yeah you know trying to make something like that with one of those kinds of companies Mm -hmm. um but, you know, in like 50 years? Wait, hold on. How, would I, how old am I being 50 <laughs> years? About like 70? Okay. In about 50 years, I'm mm-hmm. trying to be in Alaska. Okay, okay. In a house. Talking to nobody. <laughs> <That's fair. laughs> but in That's cool. But in the nicest way possible. Mm-hmm. It's like I I put my stamp on the world and now I'm going to go retreat in my little cold mm-hmm. ice cave in Alaska. And I get to look at all the northern stars. <laughs> nice. um, but yeah, that's, that's probably the career path trajectory.
0: Nice. So going from the Texas heat to... <laughs> to the freezing cold. Yeah, yeah to <laughs> Alaska. Okay, that was something I definitely don't hear often when I ask that question is Alaska. But, you know, I respect it. I definitely, I mean, seeing the northern lights, that would be... I mean, that's definitely on the bucket list. So that would be pretty cool. But
1: I just, I want to be a little old lady in a little cabin doing paintings Mm -hmm. and I, you know, people are talking about me on the internet because of all the great things that I've done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my nonprofit is already still doing great and amazing things. You know, you know, I'm the, probably not the, I'm the CEO, but I'm, you know, I'm never there, but I'm, I'm only yeah. called back yeah. when I need to be, yeah. but I'm in Alaska mm-hmm. doing my little paintings of the Northern mm-hmm. Lights,
0: you know? <laughs> nice. Okay. It does sound pretty nice when you talk about it. <laughs> um, but I mean, I guess lastly, I mean, you know, shout out your socials. And I mean, if there's anything else you kind of wanted to say before we wrapped up.
1: Yeah. Um, well, you, again, my name is Hales. It's at H-A-I-L-S-J-S-P-H either art film there's probably some more in there that I can't think Mm -hmm. of but like once you type that in you can find all of my social medias from there branches out um and like parting words I don't know just like keep being great everyone who decided to listen to this like sometimes it's hard and I feel like we listen to things like this when things get hard or we need a little bit more inspiration but just like keep doing you keep being great keep achieving because like you can only go one direction, and at least in my opinion, and that's up.
0: well said. And I mean, like I said, thank you for taking the time out and coming on the show and, you know, kind of talking a little bit about yourself and, you know, hopefully inspiring the listeners of the show. So thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me, Colton. I appreciate it.